Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sessions on Life. And yo, look who we have back. Josh Calhoun. In the flesh. And I know, right? I've um, been gone for a while. I've, I've had some things going on in my life. You've been a busy and man. And it's been a beautiful mess, but I'm back. I've been on vacation, had, you know, death in the family. And then I've got family in town taking care of some business now. And so it's been a beautiful mess, but I'm glad to be back. It's great. To, bro, because, you know, for, seriously, for real, because I've had two, at least, I think, I've, at least for two episodes. It may have been three. But yeah. at least for two episodes, I've consistently had to tell people, well, Josh is taking care of family, businesses, got things to take care of. And I'm like, some people are going to start thinking that there might be some drama between Ubi and Josh. And Ubi is <laughs> not ready to publicize it yet. We were so I'm fighting, really, guys. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy no. that you're back. <laughs> so that people know, no, for real, Josh was the one on vacation. He was taking care of family yeah. stuff. I wasn't covering anything up, but it's really, really, really good to have you back. Thank you. Um, I'm going to let you intro our guest. Absolutely. I, so I guess what I should say is I, I'm going to let you intro our walk-in guest. Yeah. Right? yeah, right. yeah. No, like, yeah. So this was totally organic. So this is my my older brother, Jermaine Calhoun, Hello. who is in town taking care of some business for our grandma. And so I thought it would be really cool for him to see what we do with sessions on life yeah yeah well jermaine welcome bro yeah. thank you thank you both um I th this just seems like to be a great project and uh you know thing that you all have going on i'm happy to be here uh and part of the process so uh that being said i am also here probably as proof that uh he has had uh some family and a lot of yes, things going on yes, right? so yes, when he true. does come back he has to bring his big brother with him. Brother, yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. So, of course, you know, I'm your I'm, I'm your host, Ubin Tewo, and uh, today's topic is, you know, we've um, we've act we are actually in session three, yes, of um, of this topic, baptism, and today, you know, you remember the first two episodes, uh, the first two episodes we started with the nature of baptism. Um, last week we did uh, we did the power of baptism, and today we are looking at um, engaging in baptism. And as always, I'll say we're going to go ahead and jump right, right into, into it. Into, you know, Engaging yes. baptism. And we'll start with water baptism. I think, you know, to me, I think an essential, um, just an essential, some, an essential to keep in mind when engaging in water, in, uh, in water baptism in the name of Jesus, being baptized in water uh, to identify with Jesus in his church, is that it, it's essential that you're doing it because you believe in Jesus Christ. That's just oh yeah. That's just a given, right? If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, if you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, if you don't believe that Jesus is the savior, if you don't believe that Jesus is the king of all that exists, you should not be getting baptized. You actually have to believe that. It means you've heard the gospel right. and you understand the gospel and that you have accepted that the gospel is true, you know. Yeah, I think absolutely. um I think one of you know I think one of the, one of the most uh, popular scriptures that speak to that is Romans ten uh, verses ten through fourteen. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to read from uh, the Christian Standard Bible. It says, "One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation." For the Scripture says, "Everyone who believes on Him will not be put to shame," since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? Mm 
right? So, you know, so again, we see that the, the, the first thing, the, I think the most essential thing when it comes to engaging in water baptism is, hey, I have to believe in Jesus, right? If you don't believe in Jesus, then you have no bus business um, baptize. If you have no business baptizing someone who does not believe in Jesus, and if you don't believe in Jesus, you have no, no business, business being, being baptized either. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, <laughs> I think that goes without saying, if you don't believe in Jesus, you should not be baptizing anyone at all. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think that's absolutely correct. It's like, yeah. it's one of those things where uh, baptism is a, it's a Christ thing. Right. And so yeah. um, I think there's so much here and I'm, I'm trying to ease into it. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to ease into it because I, I feel like there's a lot to talk about uh, when you talk about believing and right. uh, faith and that sort yeah. of thing and how baptism is that uh, expression right. of your belief, yeah. which is faith, yeah. right? Because oftentimes, you know, uh, you can say that you believe something but not express it. And so right. you can believe in Christ, but not express it. And then, so you don't have the faith. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I think, I think you have to have both. You have to believe and then be able to express your faith. Yes. Uh, through your action of right. being baptized. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I, so I would say that, you know, that that is another essential element to engaging in baptism. So first is I have to believe, but second is, I have to have faith. I have to believe in Jesus Christ. I have to believe, you know, I have to believe in Jesus Christ. And then, like you said, I have to have faith in Jesus Christ. Now, typically in church culture, we all, we tend to use those words. Um, Exchange. Synonymous. Synonymous. Yeah. As though, you know, they're the one same the thing. Same. But, uh, but believing in Jesus and having faith in Jesus are not the, are same, not thing. the same thing at all. And, and I'm telling you, not like, the same thing at all. That, that subtle change in how you use it. And knowing the difference between the two. Like, I see you thinking. You're looking up. You're like, okay, you're thinking. Belief and faith are two different They're things. two different things. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, when we were discussing having the session today. Right. And, and you know, we, we did like a brief, just like, this is what we're going to talk yeah. about sort of thing. Um, that That's a major point. Belief yeah. versus faith. And so, like, what what do you what do you think, Jermaine? When you hear that, I saw you you thinking your wheels turning. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they're always turning. I, I mean, yes, that would be correct. And I guess where I went to necessarily is that there are subtle changes, and I'm more thinking of the progression of things. And let's just say, like a base pyramid, kind of kind of like how you have okay. your, um, you know, kind of like you have the food group, you know, like you have right. this at the bottom and that. So, you know, you first start out with faith, which is the bottom pillar, let's just okay. say, of everything. Right. And then comes belief after that, empowerment, enlightenment, you know, and, and those are the progressions of, well, you know. the For the pyramid, I'd flip belief and faith. I'd flip I'd flip them because typically flip, yeah. you have belief okay. first. I'm not saying that you can't have faith first, but I'm saying typically you will have. Oh, belief. no, I would say you can't, that it's not possible to have faith first. No. Yeah, it's absolutely impossible. You, well, you know what? You're right because you first have because, to think yeah. it and, and, and believe it. And, believe, and it yeah. be something that's just internal. Yeah. And then the faith is outwardly expressing Express, what you yeah. believe. 
So like you could believe something and be between like you and God, right? Right. And then the faith of what you believe, like the outward expression of belief. And I was saying that belief plus action equals faith. Equals faith, right. Right. And so to have action before belief typically doesn't it doesn't but, happen. You know, I, I love the illustration that you use of a pyramid because what it brings to mind for me is, you know, um, is, you know, like we look at, I think, you know, sometimes we, we look at a pyramid and we think that all it is is this structure on the ground, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, but we forget that there's a foundation a substructure to the to the pyramid. So we have the superstructure, which is what we see anyway in awe of, but we forget that there's a substructure that holds up this superstructure, right? And I would say that belief, right, mm-hmm. is that substructure is what holds up the superstructure that we see and we love and you know everyone everyone wants to travel to Egypt and go look at and that you know as it has to do with our faith and with baptism that belief is where we re- is where we inwardly interact with the gospel you know like i've heard and i understand the gospel and now i accept that it's true that's what it means to believe right to accept that something is real to Mm -hmm. accept that it's true so i've accepted that now that's the groundwork and now here is this okay so i believe in jesus christ okay now i gotta have faith in jesus christ and that's where you know that's where the evidence comes in you know where hebrews 11 1 talks about um faith is the evidence of things not seen the substance of things hoped for so i cannot see what you believe right unless but i can see what you faith in right right and when i see your faith right because faith is discernible now i know what you believe Right. If I see faith, I can know what you believe. Right. And, but right. without faith, I can't. I I can't know. And, what and you it's believe. like you can believe something and not and no one be able to see it. See it. So like yeah. we, I told you, we had a situation at at my house last night with uh, my cousin who's in town. Uh, she's ten, so her mother and I are closer in age, but she's ten. She was playing with my kids. Yeah. And you know they they ended up having an issue, and uh, you know I, I told my kids I said you guys are older, and you should know better. And you should apologize. And so my uh, oldest son, Jackson, I know that he believes in um, apologizing and right. repenting and that sort of thing. I know that he believes in it, right? Because I've, I've seen his faith in it yeah. before. But last night, he refused to apologize properly, right? And right. so I know his belief, right? but his faith in what he says he believes wasn't right. exhibited. Yeah. And so you can believe something and not necessarily show it and have like, have that faith piece to yeah. show what you believe. There, there isn't that element of action, whether it be, whether it be a, a confession or whether it be something that you do, there has to be this element of action or effort that is, as it has to do with our faith, there has to be this element of action or effort that is initiated and sustained by the Holy Spirit. But it's, it's something that you do on your part, mm-hmm. initiated and sust- sustained by the Holy Spirit, that you do to complement or affirm, you know, what you believe. And, you know, there's, there's scriptures that speak to this. Um, I think one uh, we see is uh, Galatians, uh, 3, uh, Galatians 3, 20, 22 through 28. Mm-hmm says, but the scripture imprisoned everything under sin's power so that the promise might be given on the basis of faith in Jesus Christ to those who believe. Before this, 
before this faith, we were confined under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith was revealed. The law then was our guardian until Christ, so that we could be justified by so that we could be justified by faith. But since that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For through faith, you are all sons of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I think it's it's re, it's important that we see. You know, Scripture talks about the just shall live by faith, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't say that the just shall live by belief. Right. right. It doesn't even say that we are saved by belief. It says that we are saved by faith. And, you know, sometimes we can use faith and belief simultaneously, I mean, uh, synony- synonymously, but they're not the same. Right. Right. It says here, but the scripture imprisoned everything under sin's power so that the promise might be given on the basis of faith in Jesus Christ to those who believe. So I'm like, yeah, you believe, but. Where's your faith? Where's your action? Where's your, you know, where's this action that is initiated and yeah. sustained by the Holy Spirit that you do? Where is it, right? Um, I think, you know, James speaks to this, James, tw- uh, James 2, 18 through 19. It says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you faith by my works. You believe that God is, is one Good, even the demons believe, and they shudder. Right. Did Jermaine's add to the show? Yeah, Jermaine was <laughs> adding some some mix to the show. Right. But yeah, so you know, so we see James talking about, hey, um, you say I have, you know, uh, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works. And James says, Well, show me your faith without works, and I'll show you faith by my works. You believe that God is one, good. Even the demons, demons believe. believe and they shudder, right? So James here is actually making this nuanced but very clear distinction yep. between belief, belief faith. and faith, right? And, Absolutely. You know, and so that's why we say, hey, you know, one of the, the first elements is you must believe. You must hear and understand the gospel message, yeah. right? And that doesn't mean you need to go through a six-month, a nine-month class. You can if you want to. You can if that you should if that's what your particular church requires Mm -hmm. but what the bible does make very clear is that you need to have heard the gospel and that you need to understand the gospel and that you've accepted that it's true so you've got to believe but then it says you now have to have faith in jesus which means that there must be an accompanying discernible step on your part a discernible step that is initiated and sustained by the holy spirit that you take Right, and in the in the case of baptism, that those steps. The first one is repentance, mm-hmm. which is really just a change of mind. You're repenting. You're basically saying, "Hey, this is how I used to live. I now agree and believe that it is contrary to God. This is not how God wants me to live. I'm turning away from living that way. I'm turning to God." But then the second step, which is very discernible, is clear: is I'm being baptized. Yep. Right. I'm actually being baptized and that that is you know that's another step and this this is a step of faith that god actually prescribes god is saying yeah. hey this is this is what i want if you believe this is what i want you to do i want you to be baptized right i think um you know, and, and me, there's there's plenty of examples in the scriptures too yeah where you know he the, he asked the disciples where's your faith where's your faith and it's like, where's your faith? It's easy to look over that to uh, 
and think that it's like a rhetorical question yeah. that's not meant to be answered. Yeah. But it's like, where's your faith? And so at some point, it's required that your faith be visible. Right. Well, if it's not visible, it's not faith. Right. I'm like, if if you say you're a Christian, right, if you say you're a Christian and you are clubbing on the regular, right, mm-hmm. um, doing drugs on the regular, walking in jealousy on the regular, I mean, you know, not, like, it shows like, you're that, not even that, trying. That's your lifestyle. <laughs> like, number one, that yeah. shows that you're not trying. But but you can say, but dude, I believe in Jesus. Every, you know, everyone falls short. I'm like, yeah, everyone falls Show short. Show me your faith. But where is your faith? I'm like, you believe, but where is your faith? Because yeah. scripture is very clear. We are saved by faith, right? I'm like, hey, everybody falls. But if your life is consistently showing evidence of the opposite, yeah, where you live, then from. believing is not enough. Then believing is not enough anymore. I'm like, yeah. no, there's got to be, there should or, be a consistency of right. faith where it's not showing the, not the that you're you believe. falling all the right. time or laying on the ground. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're not falling I'm, forward. You're I'm basically, li- you're I'm falling backwards and you're here. just like comfortable. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, you know, so a scripture that I've always read that has always haunted me when it comes to um, belief and faith is John 12, 42 to 43. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, many did believe in Jesus. There goes that mix again. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I tried to pull it up. That's all right. You tried to pull up the scripture. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, so I'll read it again. It says, it's John 12, 42 through 43. Nevertheless, many did believe in him, even among the rulers. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him so that they would not be banned from the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than praise from God. So I'm like, here's what's interesting. They believed, right? Mm -hmm. The prescribed act of faith that Jesus calls for and Scripture also calls for is confession. I would argue that that confession is water baptism. Right, because water baptism is not just simply—it's not just symbolical. Water baptism is you are actually saying something. Peter, First right. uh, Peter three twenty-one, baptism is an appeal to God for a clear conscience. Yes, or some translations say it is a pledge to God from a clear conscience. Whatever translation you use, the point is that baptism is you saying you're communicating yep. something. To God, right? And in the so book here of, are people look, who believe. And in the book of Joshua, confessing. yeah, the book of Josh, well, of Josh. actions speak louder than words. I like that book. Actions speak Action, louder yeah, than words. Absolutely. And so it, it yeah. takes action sometimes to speak and get across what you're saying. Yeah. You know. And so, like baptism is, is really speaking what you yeah, believe. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, so I, I typically think to myself, John 12, 40, 42 through forty three. When I read that passage. What is it saying? It's very clear that it's not speaking well of this people who believe, right? But don't confess. It's saying, you know, I mean, the the indictment, the concluding indictment is for they loved human, human praise, praise. Yeah, praise more than praise from, from God. God. This is why they didn't confess. They believed in their heart, but they didn't confess because they loved human praise more than praise. From God, and I'm like, yeah. you know, so all these scriptures should show very convincingly that there's a distinction between belief in Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, the first aspect of baptism is, hey, I've got to believe, 
Yeah. If you don't believe, and to believe that means the gospel has been com- cl- has been clearly communicated, where you hear it, you understand it, and now you accept it to be true. Right. Yeah. If you believe, now you're baptized. That baptism, that is an act of faith. And, right. You know, and here I think we see the classic example where. You know, you could believe something and you know what you're supposed to do, right. but you don't. Like uh, that, and I guess that's the classic definition yeah. of, of sin, where it says, He who knoweth to do and to do it not, to him it's sin. Exactly, yeah. And so um, oftentimes, it's not that people don't, don't do believe. That that's powerful. It's not that they don't, they believe. don't believe. It's that yes. for whatever reason, whether it's human praise, pride, or whatever that they don't do what they Dude, know right. that they're supposed to that's powerful yeah seriously right they, they don't yeah. do it and yeah. so like i was talking about my son last night how he didn't want to apologize for whatever reason whether it was pride or you know anger he believed he should apologize he, be- he, he believed he because i've seen right. him apologize yeah. before but for some reason last night he was like i'm not with it and and you know yeah. that happens yeah. to people all people the time. All the time. And Absolutely. so what whatever it is. And so like I know for for a lot of men, it's the situation of this woman is super beautiful. Am I going to do right what I know I'm supposed right. to do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever yeah. reason, it doesn't go like that sometimes. Yeah. And so, um, but that's what it is. Like you can believe something and not follow it, right? not follow it yeah absolutely and you know i think i think we're all guilty of, of something that we believe and may not follow yeah. right like i believe i can lose weight but sometimes that cheeseburger looks better you know right and yeah. so i'm like i believe i believe that there's a way to do it yeah but i don't always follow it yeah see that's that's what i would call like um i you know i'd call it anti-faith right mm-hmm. so anti-faith is not the absence of faith but it's action or effort contrary yeah. to what scripture calls you to do, right? right? So scripture says, hey, if you believe in Jesus Christ, submit and yield to him or surrender, okay? Just in general, just the general tenor of scripture is if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah of God, that he's yeah. the king anointed by God, then surrender to him by repenting and being baptized and living a life that is consistent with what he has commanded. Love the way I've loved you, right? So that is faith. Anti-faith is believing that Jesus is the Messiah and Jesus is the King, but doing everything to dethrone him or to rebel against him, basically not surrendering to him. Mm -hmm. So what we see demons and principalities and powers expressing is anti-faith. Right, because you know, kind of like James says. James, James says, "Hey, demons believe, yeah, and they shudder, they shudder, right? right, and and we know that the whole operation of principalities and powers of Satan and his horde, right, is to work against yep. the kingdom that Jesus has established. So that's anti-faith. And yeah, I think I think non obviously non-believers, right, have anti-faith, but there are times when believers." Have anti-faith, and I think it's more evident in us as believers Correct. because and it really believe, comes down to yeah. feeling like you know better, right? Because that's what the situation is yeah. when you talk about Satan and and uh, that he believes that he knows better, yeah. And that's what caused the whole uh, uprising and the the dispute yeah. that he thought that he could do it better than God, yeah. 
And so, like, when we are faced with situations where we know what we're supposed to do, but we're like, oh, I feel like doing this today, it's because we can't really wrap our minds around why we should do A instead of B. Yeah. And it's like, okay, in this moment, A seems a lot better. Yeah. I feel like this is the better choice for right now. And and that can be applied to baptism because, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I see people, I'm sure you guys, you guys might even be able to relate to this personally, um, where we see people who believe in the Lord, right? They turn to the Lord. You can see that they're now living lives that are empowered by the Holy Spirit that are consistent with Jesus' teaching, and yet they haven't been baptized yet, right? And I think in, in, some, in, a, in, a, in some sense that that is, that is anti-faith. Right? Yeah. Because script, like, because Jesus commands, if you believe, mm-hmm. be baptized. Yeah. Right? We see that in Acts, the very, you know, the conclusion of Acts chapter two, Peter preaches, they respond to Peter and say, brother, what should we do? He says they were convicted or cut to the heart. Brother, what should we do? So Peter says, repent and be baptized. Right? So how, what would you say to an individual saying that if a person changes the way that they live, Right. And they say that they believe, right? Okay. They believe. They've changed how they live and that sort of thing, but they haven't been baptized. A person saying that because they've changed how they believe, right? they don't need to be baptized. What would you say to that? Because they, I've heard people say that because a person has changed their lives, the baptism is just the extra thing that you do. Um, I, I would say, you know, you, if, if, if that's what you want to call it, that's between you and Jesus. But I'm not going to call it an extra thing. I'm going to say that Jesus commands it, right? Jesus right. commands it. And number two, I'd say that if someone is if someone believes and is and actually has the Holy Spirit, has received the Holy Spirit, and hasn't been baptized, they need to be baptized because God's prescribed order to the to the apostles and that has been handed down to the church is this: you preach the gospel, someone hears and believes. You lead them to repent. Mm-hmm. They are water baptized, and then I, Jesus, will give them the Holy Spirit. That is the order we see in Scripture, right? The hearing and believing of the gospel, repentance of sin, water baptism, spirit baptism. Every time. There's only one place in all of Scripture where we see that order flipped, right? right. Where we see the hearing of the gospel, and then the next thing we see is spirit baptism followed by water baptism. Mm-hmm. The only place we see that is in the story of the Cornelius and his household. And that's because Cornelius is the first outsider or Gentile yeah. to be Dude. saved, right? Yeah. The Holy Spirit calls Peter to go preach the gospel. And the, while Peter is preaching, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Peter says, well, man, seeing how these people have received the, uh, the Holy Spirit, who's going to deny that they need to be Water baptized. Yeah. When Peter goes back to his, you know, to his Jewish community, to his, they said, "Hey, dude, you went into the home of a Gentile, right? Because you're not even supposed to do that. These these are Christians mm-hmm. who happen to be Jews. You went into the home of a Gentile, and he says, "Yo, let me explain to you what happened, yo." <laughs> like you know, paraphrasing, but this is yeah. really what Peter says. Yo, let me tell you, God just flipped my theology. Right. right, and Peter goes and he says, "Listen, I'm sharing the gospel, and the Holy Spirit comes on these guys, and so we water baptize them." And guess what? They all said, "They said, 
Wow, so God has truly declared and determined that salvation is also for the outsiders, for the nations, for the not just not just for this for this Jewish nation, but yeah. for the nations. So we know from the context of that scripture that God flipped the order because no Jew would ever Except. water baptize a Gentile because they did not believe salvation was for the gentiles so god says i'm going to show you yeah by receiving them if i have received them you now have to baptize them right so that's mm-hmm. that one case so when peter goes back to his brothers he explains it that's the only time outside of that what we consistently see is hey the hearing of the gospel the believing of the gospel followed by repentance turning away from sin to god's way and then being water baptized and then we see that God responds to your water baptism, which is a demonstrative prayer. Mm-hmm. You, water baptism is not, it's not symbolic. You are praying. Water baptism is prayer. But instead of verbally praying, you're demonstratively praying, right? You're acting. You're, you're demonstratively praying. It's like and body language. Body language, exactly. Yeah. So God responds to your prayer mm-hmm. by giving you the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, someone might be hearing this and really worrying and saying, hey, Ubi, man, but can you, I mean, think about all the Christians out there who, you know, believe in Jesus Christ and have been believers for years or months and they haven't been water baptized. Are you, are you saying that they're not that, saved? That they're not saved? Because, you know, we, we say, hey, if you don't, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, Galatians clearly says it, says it, Romans says it, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you are none of his. Are you saying then that they're not saved? I'm like, no, I'm not saying that. I truly believe that God's grace is active, especially in our ignorance. But God does not want us to walk in ignorance, yeah. right? Uh, my my people perish for lack of knowledge, right? right. God, God wants us to walk in the knowledge and the spirit of the word. And what the Bible clearly shows is when a person believes, hears the gospel and believes, they repent of sin. We encourage and exhort them to repent of sin and they're water baptized, which is, demonst- which is prayer demonstrated. God responds to that prayer by giving them the Holy Spirit. I believe that because of the sincere ignorance that we are seeing in our time, that it is very possible that there are countless cases where people, where God has graciously given his spirit to people who who have heard the gospel Mm -hmm. and who are truly repentant. And even though they haven't been baptized, he gives them the Holy Spirit because of our sincere ignorance. But there's a lot to be gained when we follow God's ordinance, follow the order that God has put in place. You know, what I tell people is, I think that, um, you know, like what, what we do today, I'm Jermaine, I'm, I'm, Jermaine, I'm sure you've probably witnessed this before, or it may have even happened to you when you became a Christian. Someone shared the gospel with you and you said, okay, I believe, what should I do? And they said, repeat this prayer after me. You mm-hmm. know, the, and we call right. it the sinner's prayer, right? What I tell people is that to the end, to the ancient church, and what we see in the Bible, that water baptism in the name of Jesus is the original sinner's prayer. Because what we see in the Bible is when someone believed and they asked the preacher of the world, the person sharing the gospel, yeah. what should I do? The response wasn't say this prayer after me. It was like, the response was, let's go down to the river. Repent yeah. and be baptized, right? <laughs> and, we, and we see this very clearly with the yeah. uh, Ethiopian eunuch and uh, Philip. You know, Philip is sharing the gospel. You know, Philip come, the Holy Spirit brings Philip to this guy and says, hey, 
You know, Philip says, hey, you're reading this thing. Do you know what this is? The guy says, how can I understand except someone explains it? So Philip starts to break down what this guy's been reading. The book of Isaiah says, Isaiah starts to share the gospel with this guy. Mm-hmm. They come across a body of water. The guy says, here's water. Why can't I be, I, I be baptized? Right? He believes. So yep. what we see in the ancient church and scriptures that there's an immediacy. There's an urgency to water baptism. The urgency we give to the sinner's prayer is the urgency so, the, the apostles gave, gave to water to baptism. baptism. Yeah. You believe, you be baptized. Why? Because they understood that water baptism is the sinner's prayer. Yeah. Right. And that and you saw another aspect to engaging in baptism is spirit baptism. And what we see is God is the one who, you know, Jesus is the one who you know, so with water baptism, you want to make sure that the person being baptized is a believer. Yes. The baptizer is a believer, preferably the person that shared the gospel with you or a leader in the church, right? Right. In spirit baptism, the baptizer is Jesus himself, right? So the person being baptized, again, is a, is a believer. And let's not forget, spirit baptism is God responding to the prayer of your water baptism or the yeah. prayer in water baptism. Like, is, and, and so Jesus responds by giving you the holy spirit yeah and that's luke 3 and 16 16 yeah that's what you know that's what it's talking about it says john answered them all i baptized you with water but one who is more powerful than i am is coming i am not worthy uh, to untie the strap of his sandals he will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire fire yeah right and then on acts acts 2 32 through 33 God has raised this Jesus. We're all with God has raised this Jesus. We're all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. Right? And in mm-hmm. context, this is Peter explaining, right? On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out by Jesus Christ on the disciples who are in an upper room praying. I think it was at least 120 of them at least, right? Mm-hmm. And the crowd hears them, you know, those people that came for the pilgrimage hear them speaking of the great, amazing works of God in their languages. And they're like, what's going on here? And Peter explains and says, hey, listen, the, the reason why we are able to do this is because the Holy Spirit has been poured out on us, yep. right? And so Peter's concluding, and Peter's saying that Jesus, because he has been raised up and exalted to God, has received the promised Holy Spirit, and Jesus has now poured out, echoing what John says, hey, yeah. You know, one whose sandal I'm not worthy yeah. to even touch yeah. will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He's talking about a different baptism. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so you know, so we know that to engage in water baptism, hey, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to hear the gospel. you got to believe. You have to repent and undergo baptism itself. You recognize that the baptizer <clears throat> should be a believer. But then um, with water baptism, I'm like, hey, it's a, you know, it's, it's a gift from Jesus. Jesus yeah. says of the Holy Spirit, he is the comforter. He's the one who comforts us who strengthens us um that he is the teacher that he will teach us and lead us into truth yeah right that he will guide us so i'm like man when you read the, the receiving of the holy spirit and i think unfortunately some traditions have made the holy spirit something to freak out about right there's some christians mm-hmm. who if you, you know if you're not part of that tradition you hear the holy spirit you're like oh boy what i'm you know it's right like, if you if you look to the bible i'm like don't pay attention to any tradition go back to the bible and read about the Holy Spirit. And what you find out is every time I've read about the Holy Spirit in Scripture, I come away excited. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus says, hey, I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I'm going to make sure you guys are not alone. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. That's right. You know, you're going to continue learning because this guy, when he comes and he's going to take from me and give to you, you know. And the Bible says when, when you get saved and you give your life to Christ, that the Holy Spirit is a gift. It's a gift. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, how, so how do I engage in, you know, when, when, the, when the Holy Spirit comes to me, comes upon me or comes in me? I'm like, with joy. Yeah. Right. With joy. I'm like, this is a good thing. The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Jesus. As a matter of fact, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul says that the Spirit is the Lord. Right. Yeah. The Spirit is the Lord. So so to have the Holy Spirit in you is to have Jesus in, in you. you. So I'm like, yo, how do you engage with spirit baptism? When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you need to understand that that is Jesus. Yeah, Jesus has come to live in you and with you. I'm like, you receive him with joy, right? You receive him surrendered to him, you know, ready and I mean, ready and willing to be obedient and to trust them, right? And yeah. then whatever gift, you know, whatever gift he comes with, exercise it in power. You know, on the, on the day of Pentecost, when he came, he gave them the ability to speak different languages. I'm like, man, I'm happy I wasn't there. You know, <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit comes on me and then my vocal cords start to move in a certain way. I'm like, I don't know, what are you trying to make me say, right? I might be freaking out, but they, you know, but they 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 receive the Holy Spirit with joy, right? And faith and obedience. So they surrendered, they trusted Jesus and they started speaking languages that they had never learned. Yeah. Right. Some people, you know, I'm like the Holy Spirit could come on you and and he starts to exercise prophecy, speaking forth the counsel of God, declaring scripture, or maybe foretelling, you know, it's very possible. Or mm-hmm. he may come on you and all of a sudden, you know, you feel this unction to be this very, you know, you're more merciful or now all of a sudden you're more hospitable, right? I'm like, that is the Holy Spirit That's it. operating in power. Yield and be the hospitable, merciful person that the Holy Spirit is working you yep. to becoming. And you know. I think that, like again, that's the challenge. Yeah. Yielding, like because you'll know, yeah, you'll know when when you know the spirit of God is saying, "Do this, don't do that." You'll know, you know, yeah. But it's like, am I yielding to that? Yeah, that yeah, and yeah that's that's life's challenge right there. Yielding to the spirit yeah. of God, and uh, you know, and of course, someone can someone can hear me like Obi and Josh. How how can you guys just say you know? I'm like. Well, you will. Here's why you. Here's it, how you know you know the Holy Spirit is a person, and God does not come to give doubt. Yeah, God comes. God is not the God of confusion. God comes to give us it's certainty. It's right? as matter of fact as yeah. that glance that you get from your mother when you know you've done something right. wrong. Like she looks over the top of her glasses. Yeah. It's that sure. You it's know, like that you, matter. Yes, of you fact. know, absolutely. You're like okay, yeah. And if you don't know, or if you're not sure. It's probably not him because the right. whole, when when right. the like holy, I think is that you Lord is that you Lord I'm like no 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 no, no. <laughs> you know. know and you know something I tell people is yeah definitely I tell people the responsibility for clarity falls on Jesus the responsibility for obedience falls on you mm-hmm. as a believer the issue when I look at scripture I'm like what I found is this the issue is never man is that Jesus is that not Jesus when Jesus when the Holy Spirit communicates or burdens with something he makes it there's this there's a there's a certainty that you know that he brings to where you know it's him to where yeah. the only thing you have to do is decide 
Am I going to be obedient or am I not going to be obedient? Am I going to trust? Am I not going to trust? The burden of trust and obedience falls on the believer. But yeah. the burden of clarity is God's. God will make clear that he is the one communicating or moving or urging you. So if you do not have that certainty, don't move. You know, don't right. don't go do anything. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, the way we are wired, there are many times where we do things because we want it to be God. Or the times where we actually even convince yeah, exactly. ourselves, oh, that's God speaking. That's why we have so many. I think that's one of the reasons why we have so many crazy people out there. You know, that's mm -hmm. why we have people who said, hey, a certain person was going to win the election. And then they don't when win he, when he didn't win. You know, they started trying to give excuses for oh, they no, you, some, some people yeah. said, oh, he won in heaven. I'm like, come <laughs> on now. Really? Right. You know, so I think I think that's what happens where we, you know, like we convince ourselves. And the Bible yeah. talks about that. You know, uh, the King James says that's presumptuous prophesying. I'm like, don't be doing stuff like that. Yeah. If God is not speaking, don't try and make it sound like it's God. If God is not moving you to do a certain thing, but it's a good thing. Do it and say, I did it because I thought it was the right thing to do. But don't say God right. uh, moved me or told me to do it. And, you because know, when he does, it's very clear. Yeah. And then, you know, there's there's certain things that you can do that are good things, right? And you can do a good thing and it not be the right timing, right? Yeah, that's right. So, like, if you're going to help someone that maybe has an addiction, that sort of thing, and it's not the right timing, you give them a lump sum of money. And they go smoke it or drink it up mm -hmm. like you haven't helped. And so it's important to understand, understand yes. what God is saying. OK, yeah. move, do this. Yeah. Yeah. So um, on that note, you know, well, you guys, you guys know how Josh and I flow. We 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 stick to the topic, but then we flow. So, yeah. you know, so, so that's just how it goes. So um, so before we close, just to make sure, you know, we stayed on track. We, you know, we want you guys to remember that when it comes to engaging with. Um, what we want of baptism here are the elements or engaging in, ba in baptism here are the elements one that you believe and that means that you hear and you understand the gospel and that you accept that the gospel is true right um but that you also repent and then that you baptize and that you understand that baptism is demonstrative prayer that you are that it's not just simply symbolical that you are actually saying something to god but God has prescribed that it be done through action and not just simply through words. Yes. Right? And then that you also recognize that engaging in water baptism, that God does respond to that when you do it out of the right heart with a sincere heart that's truly repentant because you believe that God responds, that Jesus responds by immersing or pouring out his Holy Spirit on you. And that when you receive the Holy Spirit, that you respond or that you engage to baptism of the Holy Spirit in joy, in trust and obedience, and in yieldedness, right? So, so you know, so we flowed like we usually do, but it, I think it's just responsible that we, that we also say, hey, here are the things that we covered, right? That's right. So um, on that note. On that note, <laughs> if you believe in us, then show some faith and crush that like button, share, subscribe, come back with us uh oh come back and be with us like my mic's not trying to come back <laughs> come back and be with us the next time uh, and until then this has been sessions on life and we are out bro Have dude fun. for real i really missed you because i you know i tried to do the like follow share like you but i never could so guys hey have a blessed week we really appreciate you and i'm definitely happy to have josh here uh, back with me and jermaine dude thanks for sitting oh, man, it's man, definitely been a blessing appreciate a pleasure, you man. Thanks for stopping by, big bro. Appreciate, Appreciate you guys. Have a great one. Definitely.